Okay, we're trying to start on time. I guess we got to stop my on time downstairs. We're waiting for uh, Shragi. They start at 9 or 5? What? They finished? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay, good. Okay, uh, before we go back to our difficult Shaila, mentioned uh, two public service uh, Shaila we were discussing with one of our uh, Shia members is that. Uh, I think, by the way, it's not the first time it came up. It's since the Echaz of an ear, but it's still pertinent and they haven't solved the problem. Uh, Quicken loans. Good, good, rocket mortgage is under them. Okay. The Quicken loans. The good news is, it's owned by a Yid, making a lot of money. Bad news is, it's owned by a Yid, is making a lot of money, most of which is legal, halachically legal, and some of which is from. Yidden who don't know that there's an Isaribis. So, um, I recently had a, had a cold curry that was sent around, and the person who asked the Shaila was pretty far along in his application process, and I told him to desist. And the Kashem Kibalti Drisha, so he'll be Makabal Skar and and he told me, I guess within 24 hours, he found an even better rate. Hashem. Certainly, Shem was asking me even if you didn't find a better rate, but it's nice to uh, see that you were able to find a better rate. And uh, it's, it's Peshanis. <coughs> and we talk about that bank in a certain city? Philadelphia? Okay. Whatever comes along, you know, usually starts pouring when it rains. But there are still some banks and institutions that know about the problem because... Orthodox Jews have called them, but they're not willing to do a heteriska because they're nervous, <coughs> as some are nervous about Mechiris Chametz, hence the beer episode. So, it's an ongoing issue. You have to keep your eyes open because unlike the Nazi propaganda that's bandied around, they don't own everything. However, there's some significant ownership out there. So, got to keep your eyes open. Uh, the second item, I guess I'll get to it now. Let me go back. I actually had this in my pile. I like doing a little chazara once in a while. This I went back to a few times. I remember about a year ago, during our Chukah Sayyim Shir, we were discussing some tangential Hilchas of Zara and the like, and we came across the uh, very popular and very complicated topic of the uh, health share movement since Obamacare has gained a lot of prominence and a lot of interest and seems to be for a lot of people it's even working and the problem is that all the ones as we were talking about a year ago and then half a year ago until now have been of religious origin Good news is it was religious. Bad news is... i got to remember where this, these shirim go. Uh, like on public radio in a few states. Uh, the bad news, well, you know the bad news. I'll make it very clear in a moment. And a few months back, another one or two individuals had asked me. It's very enticing because there are people who are Baruch Hashem, young and healthy, they want to stay that way, and they're in Kail, they're starting off, they're working, the salary's not too big, and they just can't afford... 
healthcare, and uh, they don't want to go without healthcare because that can be dangerous. So it's, it's a very common shyland since we spoke about it a year ago. I've received many calls. Uh, the recent exchange actually had this email come to me by one of the two people who were asking, and they were supposed to be tweaking the agreement. And either they don't want to tweak it completely because they really believe what they believe and they don't want to let go of it, which understandable perhaps from their standpoint, but a problem for us. And the most recent version I saw was the first part, they have a statement of beliefs that, statement of shared beliefs that you must sign on in the application form. Remember, we had a Shailah Tafas Lashon Rishon, Lashon Achram, is the beginning, they talk cleaned up. And the first part talks about shared beliefs and biblical ethical obligations, assist people, assist our fellow men. That's, that's okay, they got it from us. Spiritual duty to God to maintain a healthy lifestyle. That's Nishmaitim Medanashasechim in English. Also taken from a very good source like uh, Teres Mesha. And the fundamental right to direct their own health care, which uh, is, I believe, the value system we have and the rights we have come directly from God, which they do and shouldn't be directed and uh, controlled by government, which, by the way, that last part I'm not going to speak to, but that's not partially we believe in that. Of, well, uh, I've been promising for about 10 years now to go to a full-size Din Mokhus I've decided whether to do it Shabbos afternoon or Shabbos afternoon is probably safer. But if the government makes takhanas for takhanas in Medina and they feel it's the only way to keep us the citizens healthy and it's the best way to do it, I'm not saying Obamacare is right or not right, but the last part we don't really necessarily agree or disagree with. depends on what works. So far, so good. And each member is required to subscribe to the statement of shared beliefs as evidenced by the signature in the application form. If we'd stop here, we'd be in good faith. They continued... Sharing member qualifications and requirements in order to become a and remain a sharing member, a person must meet and satisfy the following criteria and requirements. A, as in number one, observe Christian standards. I don't know, for cleaning up the document, they didn't do a very, unless they assume people aren't going to look in the back pages. But I have no taina on them if they have their own internal organization from this church that's putting this out. But it's just keeping their standards, not their laws. Uh, and you, for you to sign on, keep in mind, your great-great-great-great-grandparents were either almost killed or killed in the Crusades. If they were killed before they had their son, you wouldn't be here. But Nebuch, Leolainu, when they showed up and they said, do you want to accept Yashka or die? They knew that you knew that they knew that you knew. They didn't really believe in this. Matter of fact, they probably also knew that you knew that they didn't believe in it. But whatever, still you have a to sign on and say that I'm required to observe Christian standards, even though the standards they're talking about happen to be taken from Terry's Moshe is um, problematic. I don't want to hesitate to say outright also, but problematic certainly uh, gets worse. Modern medical cost-sharing movement has begun by a small band of Christians to, practi- to practically demonstrate how to fulfill the commandment by Yoshka to bear another's burden. Now, that's a... Um, we happen to... We have... But that, that's from our song. But it doesn't make a difference. We're signing on that uh, 
that anybody signing on is doing it because somebody, somebody we don't hold it, said that uh, you should share the burdens. Accordance with that practice, every member of Liberty Health Share is expected to strive to live in accordance with biblical principles. Okay. Are the biblical teaching to share the burdens and they quote chapter and verse and the chapter and verse is not the one you would recognize. We're signing on this. So. And okay, participate, worship and prayer. We hold to that even for value. That's uh, fine. And then at the end, to recap, the last line is a community of people we try our best to live out somebody else's mandates. It's not Meshur Rabbeinu. So um, that was worse than the original version I saw. And uh, why? For to join their, uh, it's not really insurance, but on their health share. Uh, they pool their assets and they, uh, I don't know if you were in the share then. Yeah, go back to about 110 or whatever. Uh, but it's somewhere in there, but they're titled. Um, okay, the part two to this is an update I was going to give anyway in the last few months because I had dozens of shilas of this, this particular one, another one. I don't remember if I mentioned then, but as I spoke about it, somebody called me from the Midwest, two from nice people, and said they heard the Shia and they're very excited and uh, they're actually thinking of starting something and they want my input and they want that. I didn't have time, I felt bad, I didn't have time to start discussing them and I wasn't getting in the committee and giving a lecture. And I'm not doing that now. I can't, these disclaims are really not going to, I just hope people don't, you know, I would ask them if they're listening. I wish them a lot of us luck, but they shouldn't just cut and paste this next thing as an advertisement. I, I can't, I don't know anything about it. I just, somebody sent me the ad. I was happy to see it because I think the alternative is ashkafically problematic, if not halachically uh, an issue. Even though all the people called me, and somebody tells me they can't afford insurance, I'm really going to bend over backwards to try to be as medical as possible to make sure they have some sort of insurance. I never actually asked anybody. I just, um, you know, somebody who was asking the shaykh sent me these lines and he was uncomfortable with it and I don't blame him. So I don't know if it's the same people who called me then, a year ago, but I think it is. Uh, and they now put an ad in the Modia, somebody sent probably all the other from publications for United Refua Health Share which is, uh, I'm sure, actually, I would hope to have somebody from here on their committee to tell them what to do, which I'm sure they did their research. They built a website. You can take a look at it. Uh, nice, impressive website. I can't give a hechsher on it because uh, I'm sure the people involved are good in Shemayim, and I hope um, I mean, it makes a little panos off of it also. There's certainly nothing wrong with that. I just hope it works because what might fit for... Some people in Idaho, you know, either will or won't fit for all the people we know in New York and New Jersey. Um, I, I just, so that's not a, I don't want this mis- misconstrued. I'm not tightening on it. I'm not giving extra temple. I'm actually happy somebody's trying because it's better than the alternative and we have a problem that has to be dealt with and the costs keep going up. I would suggest, and if they hear this, they'll probably call me, but uh, anybody else who wants to look into it, Obviously, read very carefully to know what they're claiming to do. They're not, I'm sure they're not trying to hide things. They're Chassid's Kasher is the good, honest people. And already a person called me about it just today and told me that uh, they're not even professing to cover any medicines or any of this. Right? Obviously, they're keeping costs very low. You've got to know what you're getting. Right? Not, but that's not a tiny on them. Other other. They're trying their best. Uh, I would happen to think it's a good idea. I'm not looking to get involved. 
I just don't have time, for there to be a committee of Choshevo, Balabatim, and Askanim, and accountants, and perhaps Rabbonim, to be on such a thing so that it doesn't chas shalom run into problems if it runs out of money. Something like this would have to be very well funded because the I can imagine it would vacillate on any given day a week in millions of dollars one direction or another if enough people join. And I'm sure they thought of this. I'm not giving anybody a muster. I'm preaching to the converter, although this is not a great expression to use. Uh, but it's, uh, I think there's a need for it. The question is, you know, how, how's it going to be done? What's the oversight? And uh, like any business, I, you can't demand oversight to have a right to start a business, and I think it's a public service. I would hope that if it works, it'll probably be duplicated 100 times over. And that's when you need more oversight, because when you suddenly duplicate something, then you're going to have a couple people who are going into the business who really can't handle it. So I think it's good news. I'm not here to advertise or to attack Hasselshalm. I hope it's good, and I hope it lasts, and I hope it helps people. I still think Kalachali is better than uh, the alternative. I uh, uh, just hope it works uh, long term, and uh, nobody should need it. So I'm just going to mention that. Uh, with that, I'm probably going to get a few phone calls and some more information. I just don't have, I didn't look into it. I briefly looked at the website just to see what the battle looked like. It was put together well, and um, we hope that the community uh, uh, benefits from it. But it has to be done. Obviously, this, the stakes are very high. It has to be done very well. The fact that it can be done, we know it's been done in the Midwest for mostly uh, Goyim who have often different needs in different areas. They try to bavar an array. There's a higher cost for maternity in this, that, which should be, because uh, otherwise it would really be a pill. And um, let's hope that the, if the idea has traction, there'll be other companies uh, doing it. You uh, might have a mokam uh, <laughs> If you're looking for something to do since you're back from the Midwest. Uh, so, uh, well, uh, time will tell. But we certainly wish everybody a on the on the project. Okay, let's go back to the sensitive Shiloh we were dealing with. Speaking of uh, issues. We were on your single page. Don't have one, there's one over here. Question yesterday, which I also asked in a strong way that shouldn't be misquoted, not the question, not the answers, not the Ashkafas. I think uh, what's most instructive for us learning, trying to get a handle on Kibbutz Avayim, is that Kibbutz Avayim, like all mitzvahs, is something you have to take seriously and understand that there will be mysterious nefesh involved. Especially Kibbutz Avayim, where it's Hushva Kvedim Lachavaramakam which is an expression you have to keep repeating. And it's in the Aserza Dibris, one of the few assays. And here we have a situation where a very brave, mature, from 13-year-old was getting pretty down. As Rebbe noticed, as Rebbe asked him what the problem was, and finally got out of him that his father remarried, unfortunately lost his wife, he lost his mother a few years ago, and father remarried, wonderful Ashish Chayel, really treated him well, ran the household beautifully, Everything was spick and span, it was Gavaldic, and Baruch Hashem, things were in order, with the small little problem, which wasn't so small and little, is that when the father wasn't home and nobody else was looking, he claims that she barked at him, screamed at him, blamed her for everything, and hit him. The hitting was not life-threatening, but potentially emotionally very damaging, and he would have spoken up, but he didn't because he thinks it's going to trigger a massive crisis in his father's marriage, 
and he doesn't want to do that to him, and he sees he has a new chiyas and a new life and a new simchasachayim, and he doesn't want to destroy that, which is very noble. The tshuva Zobashin started off with uh, the fascinating idea from Rabbi Yaakov Kamenetsky that it's clear that mitzvahs require mysterious nefesh and it's quite possible that a person would even have to get hit for doing any mitzvah if it's not, not life-threatening or even something that was going to incapacitate, but very annoying and embarrassing and uncomfortable. And his rise in the fact that the Gemara Neerchen on Zion says that to answer the question on Hechan Chiv Tochacha, the three sheetas and Rav holds out Haka. Why is it only an exception by Tochacha? Because Tochacha won't work very well if the guy is holding by hitting you, he's probably not listening. So you're Potter. But it's only over there, and it's not an exclusion by any other mitzvah. And Yechayev, even if you get slapped around a little bit, you've got to do the mitzvah. So that's the suggestion that maybe if the kid can handle it, a big if, and it's not going to be emotionally scarring. That's going to stunt his growth in life and affect the rest of his life, and he can survive it and grow from it. That is a tremendous, unbelievable source in Kibbutz This is such an important concept because there are many situations in family life where we complain because we have to, or sometimes we complain when we didn't have to, but even when we have to, not realizing the consequences for parents sometimes might be something that we didn't think of because in our own myopic, selfish view of life, we like to complain of the fact that it's causing collateral damage and their shalom bias is that. Yeah, they, no, no. Kids don't always think of these things. So sometimes they shouldn't think of it because for their emotional instability, they're only kids, they're only teenagers, and they can't handle it, and the parents should handle it. Sometimes yes, and sometimes not. That's the Shiloh over here. We're not going to answer for this specific case because it's irrelevant for our discussion. We're just here to point out what the Havamin is and why it has to be discussed with the Rav, the therapist, and preferably in this case, the stepmother. Let's go to paragraph number two in the answer. Omnam, let me see it. The mitzvah's keep it up, matzinu shu, mishalav. Normally you don't have to spend even $10. He has to pay, v'lo mishal ben, v'ulai gam makas and l'chayav l'kabal. He doesn't have to pay. Why should he be makabal makas? And I want to point out, especially over here, he's not violating Kibbutz he's doing something that he thinks will trigger Agmas Nefesh for the father he doesn't want to do it which is very noble but that's sort of like Grandma it's not even he's not attacked by just a point that says father his father would want to know if something's bothering him oh that's an interesting line what does that mean maybe money's different the reason he's saying that is because money over here is a finite thing and we know we have our one fifth for the assay and Kolom Besa for the less assay it's very hard even if you're going to say there's a correlation to pin the emotional strain or the mysterious nefesh of the sweating in a mitzvah to X amount of money. And if we try to, by the way, honestly, a lot of people say, I, it's embarrassing, I'll come to my doing this mitzvah. So I, it's it's, uh, it's out, of my, uh, out of my realm. We, we patter ourselves. We use it very quickly. If you just think for a moment, 50 of your assets, I don't care what your assets are, 50 of your assets, if you're very wealthy, it's a lot of money. If you're not so wealthy, it's a lot of money for you. So how quickly would you be willing to rather throw away or lose a 50-year assets rather than sweat through this particular mitzvah? Not so quickly. 20% of your assets. That's a lot of money. So once you think of it that way, he says, Shema, Mom, and Shiny. I'm just saying, even if you try to equate, it's not, it's not an easy mathematical equation. And we're all concerned for this kid, and Lamaisa, 
I think misafek, if I were faced with the shayla, if I wasn't convinced the kid can handle it and there wouldn't be long-term emotional damage, I would say he should talk to his father. I would volunteer first to talk to his stepmother. But the godless of this is that Rabbi Zilbertsin and Rabbi Yoshev is going to ask the shver in a moment. I'm going to put in the notion that, by the way, if it's not so bad and it's not so frequent and you're very mature, maybe you're older, maybe, or this 13-year-old very mature and you can handle it and you sweat, you have a lot of mustafish. It's less than a 50-year asset. Not going to be long-term damage. It's a big schus. So maybe you're a And that's the part that we as uh, comfort creatures here in America in a weaker direction, don't really try to deal with, even, as I mentioned last night, discounting that we're weaker, yes, but we're not total jellyfish. we still got to deal with situations, not every mitzvah comes easy, not every circumstance. And when it comes to emotional issues of family circumstances, keep it up aim is part of the picture. So you can't say, ah, oh, I'm putter, there's too much emotion. But that's what keep it up aim is all about. So <laughs> you can't just pot to yourself, and that's what he's suggesting, at least to think about it seriously. It's not Va'amar yitachin. Oh, so he says, well, yitachin, because this is a true vladeris, and it's going to be very case-specific, but just for the parameters. Yitachin shein chiv laben lishtuk lakabal asamakas avor mitzvah kibbet avayim, lishma ha'shom ba'ishalaviv, on the one hand, because maybe it's more than a fifth of his assets, maybe it's too much of a shash of emotional damage, and maybe it's not even direct, lack of kibbet avayim, because there's only grumba. Achvadai sheish ma'il gadeila b'zeh sheishtuk v'leisavalaviv. But if you can handle it, and we as the Rav, the therapist, and everybody else involved, think he can handle it, and we mitigate it after speaking to the stepmother and explaining it to her in a positive way, we think it's going to certainly get better, then it's a tremendous mile not to get the father involved. So this is always uh, the call, which is why, if you ask Yal Vyevo Shailiz, keep it up, Am Shailiz, already the person asking is usually very subjective, which is why it's hard to see what's going on, and... I think somebody asked this uh, about a half a year ago here in this year. Uh, said their mother got very angry at them because they didn't want to tell them something because it caused them Agbas Nefesh, and then they found out and they were very annoyed. So that Shiloh should be coming up because we shouldn't be saying everything that comes to our mind that's going to cause them aggravation because what for? You got aggravated already, you were Yetzi already, you were Yetzi then. What for? So obviously, it's going to depend on how likely is they going to find out. Are they Machbed? Where do they live? Like, wow. There are a hundred variables over here, but it's a Shaila. And when children hear this, I say children, 15-year-olds, 35-year-olds, 55-year-olds. They say, well, I, I feel close to them. I want to share everything. Okay, I'm, I hear that, and that's a good sign of a positive, warm relationship. But there are limits, and every single time... Uh, you had a fender bender, if they're not here, it doesn't mean they have to get aggravated about it. And if they're going to find out, last time they found they got more aggravated, then you should say something. So, again, that's not a direct violation, keep it up, it's a question of grandma, but you have to worry about grandma. At the end of the day, you're responsible for their simcha nachas or lack thereof, and you've got to know uh, what to say and how much to say without hiding things and being sneaky more than necessary. And that's, uh, that's a balance. Okay, there was one more chuva. I didn't hand out the main copy. I'll just uh, mention once we're in this set. Uh, he has a shayla about a father who was Yisrael and a shreya who was a kain, and they're both sitting in a family simcha. Who should be mechabed the bench? Get shayla. Which our minig already we say b'shus kainim without asking the kainim, which is a little bit odd. Usually, you ask somebody b'shus, you ask them b'shus. Never forget that a kain used to complain to me all the time. He used to come into the shul, 
and uh, not here in Munzich. And he used to, uh, used to come around for Mincha, he didn't daven by us, and he used to mutter and complain that I davened in a place this morning, and every Monday and Thursday they yell out Bershusakai and they tell me to leave beforehand, and they call up Yisrael. And I keep telling them, I don't want to leave, and they're forced to throw me out of the room. And then they yell out Bershusakai and say, Isn't there something wrong with that? There happens to be, it's a little strange. There are places that do it. And I said, did you ever ask him why? I didn't know. Maybe the guy's a chol. I don't know what was going on there. So he said, yes, them why. They said, uh, you're taking too many aliyahs. It's a small alum and other people have your sites. Okay. Every Monday and Thursday? <laughs> it's a little strange. That's an extreme case. Asking him to leave and then saying, the aliyah is pretty kaddish kadashim. Benching, okay. Maybe the assumption is he doesn't mind. He doesn't want to bench every time. So maybe it's a little better. Anyway, his shver is over here. There's a chiv kibbutz for the shver, not as much as the father, obviously, but he's a kain. That's a derais, and the father's a derais. And here you have the complication. I'll remind you: here you're the balabas, and the shver is over here, and the father's over here, or the shver is in your seat, and the father's in your seat. And you're over there, whichever minig you. We spoke about that. And you have a chiv mechabed the kain. Your father is a chiv mechabed the kain also. So, might just say the old transitive property. The answer is, no, we had this by grandparents. What's the din? But many are home. home. If you ask, you ask for something, the grandfather asks you for something, and the father asks you for something. So what do you do? So, well, your father is his father, so should you have to give it to the grandfather? Some are say like that. And others say, no. You're a direct chiv, your primary chiv, it's your father. The grandfather is secondary compared to the father. So, Pasha, same thing applies over here. Where's your primary chiv? Between a kain, which is the rice, and a father, a father still trumps, not the same level of covet. And ah, the father should be telling you to give it. That's his shayla, it's not your shayla. Same thing with the grandfather. The father should be saying, no, no, bring the coffee to, to Zaydi, but that's his shayla, not your shayla. Unlike the mother and the father case, where they're both even, in the tiebreaker is she's Mishabedis. Yes, Shragi, you look perplexed. You say that the father, father should tell him after the fact that he was a kain, not the father's yet to give out until he offers his father. Um, interesting. The father, I think, could tell him before. I think the father, he could say, make a suggestion. Just right. say that, I know you're going to be benching soon, and uh, I'm Michael. He, he didn't. So let's say he, if he didn't, then... Then right now you only have a one Yes, yes, yes. As Unless he father, whispers quickly. The father, the father has to bend over quickly and, uh, and uh, if he wants to go to the client and say something, otherwise the kid has, clearly has marching orders that they... Chiyav of the Kibbutz is stronger. So, and the father's decision is you know, next time he'll be quicker. Again, by benching, a lot of people do say Bershusakayim, that's the minig, so I guess the kind of don't get so bent out of shape. It's the first aliyah that's a little bit more uh, questionable. Okay, Mitzvah Shem, we will continue tomorrow night.